Welcome to another episode of the Lock Law 2 podcast. On Netflix today, I watched the comedy of Mo Amer, one of uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, buddies or cohorts, a young guy. And um, I say young, but he's probably my age. Which is, you know, young. I still consider myself young. And Dave Chappelle is only seven or eight years uh, older. Um, Anyhow, Dave too is young. But this Netflix, um, this Netflix show starring Mo Ammer is hilarious and it's certainly worth watching. But it culminates um, in a story about Mo's heritage and about his uh, connection to his father. And I'll explain that here. That's what this episode is about. It's about Mo Ammer. Well, the comedy is great. You watch the comedy show and you hear a number of references uh, to Mo's family and to his heritage. He is, uh, I believe Mo is short for Mohammed, the most common name in the world um, because he is of Arab descent. He's actually a Palestinian and um, he is now an American citizen and an American Arab, as he describes himself, an Arab American. All right. He's an Arab-American comedian and a buddy to Dave Chappelle's. And you see, Mo talked about his family, his heritage, and basically made light of so many aspects of, uh, you know, his life growing up in America and being um, a Muslim. One particular um, story that he told or a a joke that he uh, told was in reference to um, the bidet. You see, in America, we are, for the most part, we are unaccustomed to um, using a bidet in the bathroom. When we're finished defecating, we don't clean ourselves uh, with a bidet unless we don't clean ourselves unless we take a shower after we defecate or have a bowel movement. However, in comparison to the Middle East or uh, Muslim countries, there are water hoses near the toilets so that one doesn't have to take a full-on shower, but instead one can clean one's derriere uh, with the hose. And this is customary in those countries. For instance, Saudi Arabia and Oman, uh, the United Arab Emirates, Qatar, Bahrain, perhaps Yemen and Jordan and Uh, Egypt, so many countries that are like this. Well, 
the bidet is also popular throughout Europe and uh, even Japan. So the bidet is well distributed um, among other countries and even in Africa, even in Africa, the bidet um, or at least a uh, some means of washing one's rear end is available. It isn't. Uh, it isn't left. One isn't left to shower. That isn't the only option for one um, in other countries. But in America, that seems to be the case. Um, after one has a bowel movement, one needs to shower in order to fully clean themselves because the bidet is absent in America. But from my personal experience, that certainly isn't how it should be. I love the bidet and I am very much for introducing the bidet throughout households throughout America, especially those holes the, the, the hose bidets. All you need is to connect it to the water source uh, at the toilet. And then you have a simply a water hose for the bathroom that is can be used as a bidet. And it's a very sanitary, you know, use. Anyhow, I am an advocate for, you know, introducing more bidets in homes throughout America. But this is not an idea that is that I am introducing for the first time. As Mo Amr, uh, a Muslim American, Palestinian, uh, Arab American, um, mentions in his special, he says that this was not. This is an idea that is, um, I guess, at the forefront of many uh, Muslim Americans' minds. Because they wonder, how is it that Americans are washing themselves? How do they do this? Right? Because many Muslim Americans are accustomed to using a bidet, a hose. Mo Amr said that this is not a new idea. He said in his, uh, in his comedy show, he said that famously it was a comedian... Um, who mm, espoused the same idea before himself and before, you know, I mentioned, before I came to the realization that this is true, you know, and it, I thought it was so cool that he said that it was the comedian Red Fox. Now, we know Red Fox were being, if you know Red Fox, then you know Red Fox were being what irreverent he's you know he's got a dirty you know um a dirty joke he tells he told uh dirty jokes and you know he was um you know uh yeah you have to listen to his comedy in order to get a sense of of him but yes uh red fox told dirty jokes lots of dirty jokes uh he's also famous for sanford and son right that television show you know Sanford and Son but it was Red Fox it was Red Fox who actually 
introduced this idea back in his day. And he was saying, you know, how could you not use a bidet? You've got to use a bidet. Otherwise, you're just walking around creating a shitty situation, you know, carrying shit wherever you go. And that's pretty shitty if you ask me. So, um, yeah, so I really enjoyed, uh, you know, a, a Muslim um, comedian really you know, ribbing Americans to say, hey, what the heck are you doing? You need to use a bidet. And that's so cool. And then he also gives props to Red Fox because he said that even Red Fox said that this is pretty disgusting for Americans to do. So that was one aspect of um, Mo Ammer's uh, comedy that I really appreciated because, you know, from my travels and um, after using bidets myself, I find that it is a wonderful um, sanitary uh, means of, you know, uh, staying sanitary. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful uh, um, habit to practice. And so in my personal life, I've introduced the, um, the bidet, you know, at home. And uh, I will continue to do so wherever I do not find a hose, a bidet hose, I will try to install one if I'm going to use that toilet because I do not want to be without that level of cleanliness. Okay, so anyhow, Mo Amher's comedy about uh, the bidet. Okay, he talked about that. He talked about his family, he talked about his uh, his Muslim heritage and... Uh, talked about his family becoming and uh, you know coming to America and he talked about his father having uh, passed away and um, he talked about how his father is buried in America and because his father is buried in America although he is torn between two nations you know that of Palestine and then of America, um, he still feels that um, his identity is, is tied in, in two lands. He is neither, you know, fully Palestinian and neither fully uh, American, but so much of his experience was uh, cultivated in, 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 in America, um, but also in Palestine, for instance, he said that his his family's history goes back thousands of years in Palestine. Even though he was born and raised in America and his father died in America, he still has a great sense of his uh, life in America, but he has a great sense of his identity also that is formed in his land, in his native land of Palestine. And then he goes into talk about how toward the end of the comedy show, he goes in and tells a story about a moment, a serendipitous experience, one that could only be described as sort of a divine, you know, divine intervention uh, 
probably not divine intervention, but in in a very it's it's a very spiritual experience this guy had because it's as if his father had called him or his father's spirit was uh, present in a particular moment. Okay, okay, I'll explain what I'm saying. What 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 happens in in the comedy show? So Mo travels from America back to his native land of Palestine. He spends time with his family eating uh, the food and becoming um, and becoming, uh, you know, uh, acclimatized, you know, back into the culture for however long he however much time he spent there. He was just getting familiar with um, the 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 lay of the land and while he's doing this his cousin is uh, accompanying him and um at one point in as, as he's you know getting familiar with his town he says to his cousin he says hey look over there and he says uh uh what is that building over there and he said well that's a mosque oh, excuse me no, no no he didn't say that i I'm embellishing. He knew that it was a mosque. And he said, you know, how long has that mosque been here? And his cousin said something to the effect, uh, excuse me, I don't know if it was his cousin or his brother. I don't, I really don't know. Probably his cousin because his cousin knew, you know, what was going on or how everything was laid out because he was asking his cousin. Anyhow. So Mo says, hey, how long has that mosque been there? And his cousin says, oh, it's been here for hundreds of years. It's a very old mosque, yada, yada, yada. So Mo says, well, hey, why don't we go there? Or he says, you know, I want to go there. And he says, okay, let's go. His cousin agrees to go with him. So they climb or they hike over to this uh, mosque. They enter the mosque. And um, as they're looking around, um, his cousins, I, I believe they, they noticed the time on the speaker. And you see, in, in Muslim countries, there are loudspeakers um, and there are uh, five prayers throughout the day. And so the loudspeakers are situated so that uh, when the prayer call is uh, sent out, then the prayer call can be heard throughout the city. And the prayer calls occur five times a day. So while Mo and his cousin are there at the mosque, they are uh, they're looking around and someone says to Mo, hey, uh, since you're back in the country since you're here in your homeland uh why don't you make the prayer call why don't you use your voice to to call the prayer and mo is shy and he's embarrassed he's nervous he says oh i can't do that no 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 i'm not i'm not good at it i can't you know i can't project maybe i'll make a mistake it's uh, i'm i'm not i'm not familiar i'm not accustomed to doing this but his cousins are just pushing him do it man do it you got to do it do it do it do it 
And then Mo finally uh, capitulates. You know, he acquiesces. Okay, fine, fine. Reluctantly. Okay, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it, he says. All right. And then so finally Mo picks up the microphone uh, because it's, you know, the microphone is connected to a a clock, a a timing system. And so the information on the the, the time or the, 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 the clock that's connected to the the speaker tells him that it's time for the prayer so he looks at the clock he's like okay i have to do it he picks up the microphone and he gives the prayer call and he goes and he does it immediately following the prayer call a gentleman who hears the prayer call enters the mosque and immediately asks who did the prayer call who did it who did it who did the prayer call and Mo now is shocked and he's uh, worried. He says, uh, you know, uh, his cousins just point to him like he did it. That guy over there, he's the one who did it. So they basically just gave him up. You know, he's like, oh, man, I'm in trouble. I know I messed up, whatever. And they just give him up. They say he did it. No one stood up to say, oh, I did it. I told him to do it. Nothing like that. They just point all to him, and he's just, like, crushed. Like, oh, my gosh, I know I messed up. I did it. Well, he hadn't made a mistake. He hadn't messed up, but something was certainly wrong. So this man had entered the mosque and asked for the person who made the prayer call because, as it turns out, Mo read the prayer call at the wrong time. It was actually 10 minutes earlier than the actual prayer was supposed to be called. And they were confused because the time, the timer on the, on the, on the speaker basically said that it was time for the call, time for the prayer call. But the, the time on the prayer call was set 10 minutes early. And so there was no way that he could have known um, that the, the clock was, uh, you know, imprecise, inaccurate. So Mo made a huge mistake because uh, the townspeople are gathering for the prayer 10 minutes early. So he's completely screwed up. But... Mo did he he did a good job of calling the prayer. He did it. He used the speaker system that you know tell that tells all of the people. He just didn't know that the time that the timing was off. Okay. And so the the gentleman who entered the mosque um you know asked Mo some more questions. And, uh, you know, through developing a a rapport and and learning about him, um, Mo revealed that he was, you know, from that region, but that he lived in America. And so they the reason he did the prayer call is because he's back at home and and it was a. It was supposed to be a nice gesture or what have you, but he just messed it up. 
And so the guy is curious and he wants to know, well, who are you? And, and, and tell me, you know, um, what family are you from and, and what brings you back and, or what have you. And, and as they're speaking, Mo mentions his father's name. His father's name is Mustafa. And this man who hears his name says, wait a minute, you're the son of Mustafa? And then he explains more about his father. And then he says, and then the gentleman is, is also describing his father. Is your, was your father like this and like that? Uh, and, he, you know, describing how he looked or how, what he did or what he, whatever. And he said, I remember your father. I know your, I knew your father. And then to this, to this news, Mo is just taken aback. He's like, you knew my father? He's like, yes. And then the bombshell is dropped. He says, your father is the one who installed the speaker system at the mosque. Now, if that isn't a beautiful connection, a beautiful story, I don't know what is. Because here is this, this young boy who's lost his father. Sure, he lived his life and his father was in his life. But for his father was in his life for a number of years. But he lost his father. And through traveling all the way to their native country, something compelled him. Something led him to an object that his father had worked diligently to produce and maintain that very much so his father's spirit was tied to that device and his son was called somehow he was called to that device and it was so beautiful that his son used it used the device in order to do something so beautiful to to give the prayer call and his son did it. And then for him to discover that, that, that his father, that it, it's like, it's like a destiny. It's like he was some, he was meant to make that prayer call. And this, this is the kind of, this is the, the, the element that I'm, I'm dealing with, with this 10, nine. It's like, Throughout all of my travels, I've touched places. I've been to places around the globe that have put me in contact with something, with something so familiar, these numbers, 10 and 9. And it's just repetitive. It's just happened constantly. So much so that it has it it's it is uh it's as if something is something is constantly happening something is 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 contacting me just as mo's father seemed to be contacting him through that speaker system and they, and they made contact you know my numbers 109 are 
making contact with me. And so that's why I wanted to share the story about Mo because that, that was just beautiful. It's just beautiful how, how that connection was made. You're listening to the Lock of Law 2 podcast where I talk about seeing 10-9 or 109. Thank you for listening. Peace.